Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour this evening. As you know, I'm a couple of shows behind on the schedule, and I promised everyone that I would do some makeup shows, so this is one of those shows. However, instead of my normal two-hour-long show, I'm going to cut it in half, and it's only going to be one hour on this episode, which probably pleases a lot of people since you're probably tired of sitting through two hours of me rambling on and on and on about whatever it is I'm talking about, right? I don't know. Is two hours too long to do per episode? I have no idea. Um, It's always seemed to work out pretty good for me in the past, so I'm just going to keep on sticking with it unless you guys uh, think I should cut it back. Let me know what you think about that. Anyway, as I said, this is a makeup show, so cutting my time in half tonight. And I'm going to be talking about, is paranormal programming on television ruining the reputation of paranormal investigating? Uh, As you know, paranormal television has, uh, I thought it would have reached its peak and tapered off by now, but... Really, it it doesn't seem to be. It's just as strong as ever. And um, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm on the fence on are some of these shows ruining the the industry, running ruining the field. So that's what I'm going to be discussing for the next hour this evening. But before I do that, because you know that I always tell you how you can get in touch with me. Let me go ahead and get that out of the way because there are a few different ways that you can do it. First of all, you can always send me an email. That email address is sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or look me up on Facebook. That's Sandman Parareality on Facebook. Or you can just look for uh, Parareality Radio on Facebook. Got either one of those two pages up and running for you. Or you can also follow me on Twitter. My Twitter account is at Radio. That's P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L radio, all one word. That's at Radio on Twitter. And, of course, as always, you can still call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. That number to call once again is 615 692 Seven zero. If you do call and leave a message, just be aware that I may pay your, play your comment back on the air simply by calling and leaving me a message is giving me permission to do that very thing should I feel the need. And you never know, you may also just get in touch with me because, um, you know, I'm always in the studio working on something these days and uh, I may just answer the phone so you just may catch me there. So those are all the ways that you can get in touch with me. Once again, sandman at parareality.com is my email address. You can also look me up on Facebook at Sandman Parareality on Facebook or Parareality Radio on Facebook. Or follow me on Twitter at Parareal Radio or call me on the studio line at 615-692-1170. Now I've got all of that out of the way. It is now time to get on with the show. Are all of the paranormal-related television programs that are on today ruining the field of paranormal investigation? You know, way back in 2003 or 2004, there was a little show that came on the Sci-Fi Channel called Ghost Hunters. Everybody knows about this show. It was the adventures of a ghost hunting team, mainly run by two guys, uh, Grant Wilson and um, Jason Hawes. They were the co-founders of the Atlantic Paranormal Society, known by the moniker of TAPS for short. And they really, (coughs) excuse me. Those two guys and and their television show and their their organization really um, heralded in the era for paranormal programming on television. 
I mean, yeah, there had been some shows in the past that had focused on on some you know paranormal stuff here and there. None of it was really uh, all that great, and it was mostly reenactment type stuff, just telling stories. But here you had two guys who, along with their team, were actually going out and televising their live investigations. And this revolutionized uh, paranormal investigating both as uh, an industry because now people who were interested in stuff like this but didn't know anything about it, now they could see you know, real life experience firsthand, how it's done. And it really ushered the way in for paranormal programming of all types to, to be shown on the television. You know, you know that reality shows are cheap and easy to produce. You don't have to write scripts for them, or at least you're not really supposed to, although a lot of them are kind of quasi scripted, you know, um, but they're cheap, they're easy to produce, and you can just pump them out because they're so cheap and easy to produce. Well, the first season of Ghost Hunters was uh, just a limited run. I think they only had like six or eight episodes, something like that. It was good enough for them to bring it back for a second season. And then before you know it, they were on the air for like over ten years or something like that. Uh, I mean, just some a phenomenal run. For the longest time, it was the number one rated paranormal program on the airwaves, uh, and they they hung it up last year. I don't know, you know, they're keeping tight-lipped on exactly what happened with the Sci-Fi Channel. I don't know if the numbers weren't there or if there was something wrong with uh, contract negotiations. Maybe they weren't getting the money they thought they should, or not getting a good enough deal. I don't know. From from what I understand, it was really uh, personally expensive for the members of uh, Ghost Hunters to be on that show because they pretty much were responsible for all their travel, room, board, food, and everything like that when they went out on the road. At least that's what I heard. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true, Grant and... Uh, Jason may have negotiated something that was a little little better. I, I don't know. Um, never actually met either one of those two guys or talked to them. But I just, you know, what I hear through the grapevine being some sort of a, uh, 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 I'm not going to say an industry insider because I'm really not. I'm kind of on the outer fringes, but I do know some people, you know, and, and anyway, that's what I heard. But that show was not, for all of its success, it was not without its controversies. And as you know, there were several mainly focusing on Grant Wilson and him uh, falsifying investigations. Uh, Jason Hawes stood steadfastly past, uh, beside uh, Grant Wilson and defended him uh, and his integrity uh, every time something like that was brought up. And, you know, controversy is always good for a show. It keeps people interested. And eventually Grant Wilson left the show because of of personal reasons. Um, of course, there was all kinds of speculation concerning his departure too. Um, from, you know, he was getting a divorce to the fact that, uh, you know, he got caught one too many times falsifying evidence and they got tired of covering up for him, all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I kind of tend to side with, uh, what comes out of Grant's Grant Wilson's mouth, which is basically, he just got tired of doing it. Uh, it's it's hard. They're on the road all the time, away from their families, and missing a lot of important moments in their family. And and yeah, they're famous and getting rich and all this other sorts of stuff. But you know, you you can get tired of it. And and I think he he did a good thing, in knowing when to walk away. And 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 he you know he did so with pride and dignity. But that show heralded in, as I said, the era of paranormal television program. And I really did not think that it was going to last as long as it did. And I didn't think that the paranormal programming era was going to last as long as it did. Um, but the, the, the method and approach that the boys from TAPS took with their investigations was 100% um, 
serious and they really tried to make it their mission to advance the the field of paranormal investigation and bring it in more to uh, a realm of uh, science. And I think that they did that. They they are responsible for um, everything that people are doing today as far as their investigations. The, the equipment that's being used, um, the method of investigation, all the investigative tools that people are using is really directly responsible for to these guys from TAPS. And the reason for that is because they were the first ones to have this show and and present all of this equipment. And people who never had the opportunity to experience it firsthand or, or were interested and had nowhere to start now had a visual guide. You know, if you watch the show and were interested in ghost hunting, it was like every episode was kind of like a training video. It was like a training session, which was great. And they kind of set the groundwork for how all of these paranormal shows are shot. You do a little bit of investigating of the background of the area. You find out about the history. Then you go to the segments where it shows you kind of setting up. And it goes to the segments of the investigation. Cut in there some one-on-one investigate or one-on-one interviews that's happening during the investigation and then go forward with the evidence review and then you finish up with the big reveal and that's kind of how most of the shows have gone um one of the 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 longest running shows out there and most popular is uh, on the Travel Channel called Ghost Adventures. Uh, Zach Bagans and Aaron Goodwin and uh, Nick Groff were the three original Ghost Adventures crew guys. They got started in the industry, I think, kind of by accident. They And they did this little uh, independent film called Ghost Adventures, which um, I remember when I uh, watched that, gosh... I can't remember where I ran across that at. It might have been on TV or something, and I saw it here at home. I don't know. But um, I watched that, that, and I was impressed with a couple of things. Number one, I was impressed with the evidence that they captured. And number two, I was impressed with the fact that here were three guys that had absolutely no idea what they were doing, and they made no bones about it that they really didn't know what they were doing but they did it anyway and i admired them for taking that stuff that they were doing and making a film out of it and putting it out there for everybody to see and like hey we're three guys we kind of had you know a couple of experiences in the past or really don't know what we're doing here we just kind of want to do do an investigation do this little film and damn if they didn't make a, a pretty good damn independent film and won some awards and stuff. Which got them a television deal on the Travel Channel for Ghost Adventures. And man, I'll tell you, the first like three or four seasons, I'll say the first three seasons, I hated that freaking show. I hated it. I hated Zach Bagan's with a passion and as they grew as investigators as a matter of fact I, I watched I think I watched most of the first season and I started watching some of the second season and I just couldn't stand Zach so much that I, I quit watching it and I picked it up again during the third season just just to have something to watch in one night you know and I still didn't like it. I kind of, the third season, I kind of would hit it off and on. And it wasn't until season four that um, I became a regular uh, viewer of Ghost Adventures. And I think season four was really when they had their, their paranormal chops all honed out and their investigative skills were all done. And, and they were, they were, they knew what they were doing, you know. 
And that's when it really, in my opinion, got good. And it's only gotten better, I think, with each successive season, even though there was that nasty split with Nick Groff, which, uh, once again, I'm not on the inside, but from what I'm understanding, it was a tiff with Zach Bagans and Zach's um, attitude. And he does have a, he's kind of egotistical, but that's one of the, the things about the show that makes it so good is, you know, he's, he has his egotistical moments and the others had to fight through it. You know, um, however, I do think that Zach deep down inside is a very decent human being. He's very passionate about, uh, bringing to light the paranormal and once again same as with Jason and Grant making it something that is accepted within the scientific community and making it more mainstream and the big thing that I like about Zach Bagans is that he's an animal lover he is an avid supporter of the uh, Las Vegas um, uh, ASPCA and and pet adoptions he's adopted uh a pet or two along the way he even has one of them Gracie his dog is an adopted pet a rescue that he brings on the show every so often you know so he he's got some other personal agendas that he pushes every so often with his haunted museum and all that sorts of stuff but hey you know he's got the 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 means to do it so why not but you know here's another example shining example of uh a television show that is really sincere with the effort that they put forth and they want it to, they want the, the field of paranormal investigating to be taken seriously and they want it advanced scientifically and to be accepted. And those are like ghost hunters and ghost adventures. As far as I'm concerned are really the big two, um, that have set the standards for what happens with paranormal investigative shows today. And, you know, there's been some stuff that has happened along the way where you've had for a little bit just about anybody and everybody that was a had a ghost hunting crew, they started trying to get on television, and we've had stuff like Ghost Asylum with these guys from the, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, which um, I'm not uh, not knocking those guys. And I'm not knocking their their show. Just not a big fan. Nothing wrong. Uh, they're they're Tennessee boys. They're right down the road from me in Nashville. Never had the opportunity to meet them, unfortunately. But you know, and not knocking them or anything like that. It's just I'm just not not a big fan. And you have um, what have you got now? Um, Ghost Brothers, which is a, a you know. As far as I'm concerned, it's a Ghost Adventures knockoff. It's three black guys running around investigating the paranormal. Um, I think that's kind of a mockery. Uh, I've, I've watched parts of a few episodes. Not really impressed. I think it's kind of making a mockery of what's going on in the world of paranormal investigating. And what I really miss was uh, Destination Truth with Josh Gates. That was a show, it was another sci-fi channel um, show, that was what kind of um, heralded the way for, in my opinion, what kind of heralded the way for all of the now uh, very popular cryptid shows that are that are out there, which was what we're going to get into here in a minute. Um, Destination Truth sought out a lot of, of uh, mythological or cryptid, cryptozoological creatures and their uh, run, and unfortunately was canceled by the Sci-Fi Channel. Now Josh Gates is now on the Travel Channel with, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't even remember. Destinate, uh, uh, something unknown, what is it? Exploration Unknown? Yeah, and I've watched his episodes, very good show. Um, has nothing to do now with... with uh, the paranormal or anything he, he's just investigating histories mysteries and stuff but once again josh and the sci-fi channel with destination truth brought forth the cryptozoological type of paranormal shows um we also had uh ozzy osbourne's son jack osbourne his show just did a, like two seasons on 
on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Haunted Highway, which was uh, doing cryptozoological investigations, except they were doing all their stuff completely 100% outdoors and kind of like it was one-on-one. There would be like one person out there with the several cameras, and that was a very cool concept. And he took a serious approach to it. Josh Gates, I think, took a serious approach to it. So all of these early guys were taking serious approaches to their craft, and you had a lot of interest garnered. It did a lot for the world of paranormal investigation. It it brought this fringe science into the mainstream. And, and it's still, I think, considered a fringe science, but it's not looked at as something that's all freaking weird and abnormal. And if you say, oh, I like to watch ghost adventures on TV or I'm a paranormal investigator, people don't look at you like you got a foot growing out of your forehead anymore, you know? So the early shows did so much to bring a positive light to this world of paranormal investigating. And then, all of a sudden, a few years ago, you had a little television network called Destination America pop up. And before they were Destination America, there was there was something else. Um, American Heroes Channel? No, that wasn't America. That's something different. I can't remember what the hell the name of the of the channel was before it was uh it was Destination America, but all of a sudden you have this television this television um television show, jeez, I can't even talk. You had this this television network called Destination America that popped up and they started getting involved in the paranormal programming business. And all of a sudden they come up with shows like Mountain Monsters and Alaska Monsters. And uh, there was some uh, real short-lived, I think it only did one season show on there. And I can't even remember what the name of it was. It was so horrible. It was like Cave Monsters or something like that. It was about a group of paranormal investigators who specialized in going into caves and uh, tracking down these mythical cryptozoological creatures that lived in caves and it was it was oh so terrible <laughs> you know um destination america also did uh they do the i think they do the ghost brothers they did um what else is it um the guys with the with the tennessee wraith chasers uh, they do they do their show um they've done several um, paranormal programming type shows over the years, but their biggest ones, I even think that Nick Roth for a short, just for a short, like one season had a show on there. I think he's moved to the, to the learning channel. Uh, what was the name? What's the name of his show? Paranormal lockdown, which I actually watched the first season of that. And I was actually quite impressed with the method that he is using the the theories behind why he goes in and gets locked in for seventy two hours in a um, in a haunted location and gets sleep deprived and all this sorts of stuff. I, that was that was actually pretty good and pretty serious. But I want to go back and talk about these shows like Mountain Monsters and uh, Alaska Monsters and, and shows like that and give my opinion on what it is that they have done for the world of paranormal investigating. But before I do that, we're approaching the halfway point of the show, so I'm going to take a quick break and refill my mug here, get something to drink, and uh, let you listen to a little bit of music, and I'll be right back in just a few minutes.
want to get in touch with the show? Got a comment about tonight's episode? Maybe you have an idea or a topic for a future episode. Email the show at sandman at parareality.com. Leave a message on the studio line at 615-692-1170. Look for Parareality Radio on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at Parareal Radio. New episodes air on the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Online at parareality.com. Turn on, tune in, and find out. Okay, so let's finish up the show with talking about the new style of paranormal programming that is all the latest craze to hit the airwaves. As I said before the break, uh, a few years ago, there was a television network that hit the air called uh, Destination America. And you would think that with a, a name like Destination America, they would have a lot of patriotic-themed programming and stuff like that. Uh, well, not really. They more have French-type shows. And what I mean by French-type shows is stuff like paranormal programming, because even though those are are more mainstream, they're still I still kind of consider them fringe, you know, type shows because they're not um, broadcast on prime time spots during prime time nights through the week and stuff like that. For the most part, these shows are usually broadcast later at night on a Friday or a Saturday, sometimes even Sundays. Um, so, anyway, Destination America comes along a few years ago, and they want to get into the paranormal television game, and they come up with this idea for a show called Mountain Monsters. And it is about a group of basically hillbillies who are from the mountains who have this group called Ames. It's the Appalachian Investigators of Mysterious Sightings, AIMS, I think is what it is. And these guys all, you know, talk back country talk and they have missing teeth and they wear their overalls and their trucker caps and they go out in the woods with guns, you know, armed to the teeth and hunt cryptids. And I've got to admit, I really like watching that show. It's very entertaining. The entertainment value is just phenomenal, I think, on on this show. But it's one of those things where it's very obviously scripted. And I don't think that the scripting is like 100% every little bitty thing is scripted out, but it's obvious that at least the plot has some sort of script to it. Um, The evidence that these people will obtain from the eyewitnesses, when it shows it, it's very, um, it's dark and blurry. Nothing is ever really... Um, apparent and when you can see something in the pictures you can tell I mean you don't have to be a super genius to tell that this is obviously something that has been doctored it looks like there's a picture that has been digitally enhanced and had some sort of fuzzy figure put into it and of course they they interview all these witnesses, they go on two investigations. One is a preliminary investigation just to check the location out to see if it's a viable location, which every time it turns out that it is a viable location to investigate. And then they come up with this big elaborate scheme to build a trap, and they're going to hunt down this monster and split into two teams and drive the monster towards the trap, which always inevitably the trap fails or the monster uh, doesn't even go in the trap and they never catch any evidence. They don't even get like uh, a picture or vocalization hardly ever at all. And it's all this, 
you know, what what's that? I hear something. And there's been a couple of times where they have been quote-unquote attacked by something, but you never really see it at all. As a matter of fact, there's no never really. You just never see it. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is a phenomenal hit show. Everybody knows that this thing is scripted. Uh, of course, now, you know, the people that are involved with the show say absolutely not. It's 100% real. But, of course, they're going to say that because they get paid to, right? You can tell that the show is obviously scripted, and it's coming up, I think, on its fourth or fifth season. I think it's its fourth season that it's about to start airing in April. And that gave rise to another show called Alaska Monsters, which was the exact same show as Mountain Monsters, just with different hillbillies, and they are in Alaska. Now, that only lasted for two seasons, but it was the exact same concept produced by the exact same people, the Straub brothers, uh, Colt and, uh, oh, I can't remember his, his brother's name, but, uh, I, I don't think I remember is, is Colt Straub. I think it's Duke or something like that. Anyway, this is produced by the Straub brothers who do mountain monsters and it is mountain monsters shot in Alaska, the exact same format with the exact same scripted storyline and the exact same fuzzy evidence. And which, for some reason, that wasn't as big a hit as Mountain Monsters. I guess the uh, the hillbillies that are in Alaska are not as entertaining and fun to follow as the ones that are in Appalachia. I don't know. And now we have, and then we then that came gave rise to uh, that show that I was talking about. I can't even remember the name of it. The Cave Monster Show, where it has the team that goes in and investigates in caves which was the exact same thing as Mountain Monsters and Alaska Monsters, just with a different cast members who this time weren't necessarily hillbillies, but it was the st- still the same uh, format, same scripted type show. Um, and now we have a rise of these paranormal type shows that are... Uh, focused not on ghosts, but on cryptids, which is bringing a new light to the cryptid, um, the world with the world of, of in, you know, investigating cryptids. Um, and, and of course, the, the big major one would have to be uh, Finding Bigfoot, which I do not think that show is scripted at all. Um, I think they make a little bit too much, uh, out of noises that they hear in the woods. Um, but it's still not a scripted show. And it's still one of those things where the people are genuinely trying to, you know, bring this field of investigating to the mainstream and prove that there's actually something out there exists that, you know, such as Bigfoot that exists. And the latest one, uh, is, um, killing Bigfoot. And this show is an obviously semi-quasi-scripted show. Um, these, is, Once again, it's a bunch of gun-toting hillbillies who go out into the woods, and their aim is to, we're going to shoot and kill Bigfoot so we can prove that it exists. Which, I gotta say, you know, ultimately is probably about the best thing to do, to prove that Bigfoot exists. But... It's an obviously scripted show in the same vein of uh, Mountain Monsters. You have evidence. They go to to the eyewitnesses, and the eyewitnesses produce some sort of sketchy evidence, and they do a preliminary investigation into the area to see if it's a viable area to hunt for Bigfoot, which it always turns out to be. And then they do another nighttime investigation where they are actually setting up in blinds and ambush sites to shoot and kill a Bigfoot. And it's amazing at how when they're running through the woods chasing a Bigfoot to try to run it into a certain area, it seems like it's a very well-lit area of the woods. There's obvious that there's lighting behind them when it's showing the people hiding in the bushes and in their blinds and all that. The light from the camera is phenomenal. It's a very, very clear picture, not the kind of usual night shot camera picture that you would expect. And for some 
strange reason, these guys who are all dressed in camouflage and ghillie suits and everything, uh, they um, sure do make a lot of noise for these experts woodsmen who woodsmen who who hunt and have grown up hunting all their lives. They make a lot of damn noise. They're talking back and forth on the radios every time they hear something. They call into the base and go, uh, I, I, I just heard something. Uh, uh, I think it may be Bigfoot. And then the, 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 the hunt leader's like, all right, well, you stay right there. I'm coming to you. Well, what the fuck, man? That's not what you do. You, every time you hear something, you don't call in to your boss, and the boss comes running out there. That's no way to find anything. Of course, by doing that, guess what they don't find? A fucking Sasquatch. They don't find a Bigfoot. Imagine that. So every time they think they hear or see something, they call into the base. The guy at the base camp comes running out there, and there's nothing there to see. Because if there was something there, even if it was a deer or a raccoon, they've made so much goddamn noise that now they've scared it the fuck off, and you don't see it. So, once again, we've got a quasi-scripted show in the vein of Mountain Monsters, Alaska Monsters, Cave Monsters, whatever the fuck that name of that show was, and now you have Killing Bigfoot, and all of them have the same thing in common. They're all cryptid shows, and they're all quasi-scripted, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is what's hurting now the world of paranormal investigating, because... Even if you are not looking into ghosts, if you're not a quote-unquote ghost hunter, if your form of paranormal investigation is to do cryptids, you're still going to be lumped into one big category with all the people who hunt the ghosts, all the people who hunt the cryptids, all the psychics who talk to dead people and all that sorts of stuff. You're all going to be lumped into one category of the paranormal and just one show just one is all it takes to start giving us a bad name again we worked so long and so hard to gain not only credibility but acceptability throughout the rest of the world and when we finally attain it and we finally get some respect and we start getting a bunch of cred to our names. Here you come along. Thank you, Straw Brothers, Colton Duke, whatever the fuck your names are. You know who you are. You come along and you invent some stupid-ass shit like Mountain Monsters. And everything just goes straight to hell. It's a successful show. I watch it. I admit, I watch it. But I watch it full well knowing that it's a bunch of bullshit. But it's very entertaining. And I laugh at those guys a lot. It's funny. I like to watch that. But at the same time, I am supporting the demise of the credibility of paranormal investigating. So I kind of have a, you know, I'm a love-hate relationship with the show. It's 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 a very well-written show. The guys are charismatic and they're funny as hell. But at the same time, they are throwing a monkey wrench in everything that, that people like Grant Wilson and Jason Hawes and Zach Bagans, Aaron Goodwin, uh, Nick Groth, and um, Josh Gates, and others who I, many, many others who I failed to mention. It, it's putting a, a monkey wrench in, in all that, and it's taking us backwards instead of moving us forwards like what it should be. And it's hurting the world of paranormal investigating greatly at the cost of somebody making a dime. And the aforementioned shows that I just talked about with ghost hunters and and ghost adventures and, and the others, their whole thing was... Yeah, they're of course they're they're making a living at it. Of course, don't I don't for one single second think that they're not doing this to make a living. But behind that, beyond that, they are actually they they believe in what they're doing and they're actually trying to bring some good out of it and some credibility, which they have and they've worked long and hard to do it. And then there comes along these people with the Destination America channel who don't give a rat's ass two shits about anything other than let's make all the money we can make while we can make it 
and script these shows and just make a mockery out of the world of paranormal investigating. It's so terrible and I hate it so bad that they have done that to us in this field. And look, I'm never going to be famous on the same level as all of these people that I just mentioned, and I'm okay with that. I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this because I love to talk about the paranormal. I love to learn and investigate it, and I love to share my knowledge, and I love doing this podcast. But I'm not stupid enough to think that I'm ever going to be super famous or that I'm ever going to make a lot of money or that any of these people even know who the hell I am or listen to my show, and I'm okay with all of that. Would it be nice for me to gain some popularity and make some money off of this show so I can quit my stinking day job? Absolutely, I would love it 100%. But it's not ever going to happen. And I, I, like I said, I, I realize that and I'm okay with it. But I am doing my part in some sort of small way to try to bring credibility to the field, to make it acceptable and show that, that there's something to it. And be serious about it. And these people who have who come into our living rooms once a week for a season, for an hour, they have all of this. They can reach. I mean, I have the ability to reach everybody in the world as long as you have an internet connection and know about the show, right? But man, who who really has more power? The people who can come onto your TV screen are the people who do internet shows hoping that someone's going to seek them out and find them, you know? So I've got my back against the wall. I don't have the pull and I don't have the, the audience that these people do. And they're the ones that's going to ultimately win out in the end if we don't do something about it. So as much as I like watching mountain monsters, I'm going to have to discontinue my watching of the show. I can't support it any longer. I can't support. I, I've watched every episode of that killing Bigfoot. I was hoping maybe that this, even though with a stupid name, like killing Bigfoot and these Hicks running around with shotguns in the woods, I was really hoping that it was going to be something more along in the veins of finding Bigfoot where they, they took what they were doing seriously. They don't, uh, it, you know, it's television shows like this, that even if, I enjoy watching them. I'm going to have to discontinue watching these things. I'm not going to support it anymore because I simply can't. It's giving my stamp of approval that these shows are okay, and they're not. And for everyone out there that's listening to the sound of my voice, if you watch these shows, I implore you, to discontinue your support of these shows. Please stop watching these type of shows. Get on an email campaign and email Destination America and email the Colt brothers or the, the, uh, the Straw brothers, Colt and Duke or whatever their names are. You know, Find out how you can get in touch with the producers of shows like this and the television networks and email them and tell them that you're not going to support shows that are fake like this and to please quit airing these shows. Tell them how it's ruining the world of paranormal investigation. My gosh, I mean, maybe, just maybe, if enough people will jump on their ass about it and tell them to quit it and we're not going to be supporting these shows anymore, maybe it you know, maybe they'll pull them off the air. That's a big maybe, and I understand that it probably isn't going to happen because the almighty dollar rules everything. We live in a capitalistic society. You know, I have no pull, neither do you, and if you're the head of a television network, if you are work for Destination America and just so happen to be listening to this podcast, talk to your boss, put them in touch with me. I've already given you all the ways you can email me and and all that sorts of stuff, man. Just please, man, discontinue your support for these type of shows because they're ruining the credibility that myself and so many others who have a lot more 
uh, power than I do and reach so many more people than I do and so much more popular than I am. These shows are, are quickly destroying every single solid piece of credibility that we worked so hard to gain. So to answer the question that I posed at the top of this show, is paranormal television programming ruining the reputation of paranormal investigation? I would have to say that the way that it's going, these new shows, absolutely, they are ruining the reputation of paranormal investigating. And for for those serious shows that are still on the air, i.e. Ghost Adventures, God bless you boys. More power to you. May you be on the air for a lot longer and keep being positive and keep bringing to light that this is a science. There is scientific ways to measure something of the afterlife. Keep it up. Um, I don't even know if that show... uh, that used to come on after Ghost uh, Ghost Adventures is still on. What what was it called? Um, where it had the psychic and the police detective on it, and her name was Amy something or other. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. That was a pretty good show. I used to watch it. That took also took a a a positive spin on things, and it, it wasn't scripted, and it was serious, and 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 I liked it. I can't remember why I stopped watching that show, but you know. Shows shows like that and, and and ghost hunters and ghost adventures and look may the ghost hunters guys find some way to come back. Their show just got tired and old, and they didn't do enough to to uh, keep it fresh and make it new. They needed to revamp it, and maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're revamping it and will come back in some other shape, form, or fashion. Oh, and hey, my buddy that uh, that I made several years ago, Mister Scott Walter from America Unearthed. That guy, he took a serious approach to everything that he did, and we need more people like him, too. So all of you people who are serious about what it is that you do, thank you, and and keep on keeping on. Keep up the fight. I know I'm going to do my part, and all of you people out there who are listening to this podcast, I ask that you do your part, too, and support all of these shows that are serious and are trying to do some good. All this crap that's on the Destination America channel and this Killing Bigfoot and Mountain Monsters and shows like that, don't support these shows any longer because they are not good for our industry. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my final word on that subject. So... That does it to wind down this special edition of Parareality Radio. I really hope that you enjoyed tonight's little makeup show. Let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email to sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. And by the way, at parareality.com is where you can find out all kinds of information about the show, you can listen to uh, the current and past episodes, and if you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum. It's free to join. You can shop in the Parareality Radio Store and even watch some show videos and other stuff of that nature. And Also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook. That's Sandman Parareality on Facebook, or just go to Facebook and type in Parareality Radio, and you can find the show page that way. The Sandman Parareality is my personal page. Parareality Radio is the show page. Um, You can also listen to the show on Facebook as well and uh, find out more about what's going on in the world of Parareality. They're kind of behind the scenes and stuff like that. And uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Parareal Radio. That's all one word, at Parareal Radio. And it's P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O, Parareal Radio. Um, I tweet out stuff all the time. I'll be tweeting out announcements like special guests and topics. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at Parareal Radio. You can also keep calling the studio line, leaving messages That number to call is 615-692-1170. 
Don't forget that simply by leaving a message on the studio line is giving me permission to play your comment or message back on the show. So those are all the ways that you can get in touch with me. Um, Look, if you have a paranormal podcast or a paranormal type radio show, and you just so happen to be listening this to, to this podcast, and you'd like to have me on as a guest, I'm always more than happy to be on your show as a guest. So uh, please um, reach out to me. You know all the ways you can get in touch with me. So reach out to me if you're looking to... Uh, have a guest or if you have a paranormal convention and would like for me to come speak, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about speaking at your paranormal convention. Um, I'm always open for things of that nature. For those of you who are true paranormal believers and really, really uh, want to keep up this uh, respected industry and this keep on continuing with this scientific advancement, Please, please, please stop supporting shows that are scripted and fake. Write to the producers of these shows. Send them an email and tell them to please, please choose wisely when it comes to paranormal programming. Everybody, that is about it. Uh, My next show is going to be available on the first Friday in April, and it is the annual Skeptics Night with my special in-studio guest, Mr. John Harrison. He is my resident skeptic and sometimes co-host of Parareality Radio. We're going to be talking about all kind of paranormal things and getting a skeptic's point of view. That's going to be on the first Friday in April 2017 at... Uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. I don't even know what the hell the date is. Let me go Mr. Calendar here. Oh, yes, April the 7th. Had to look look on the wall there. April the 7th, 2017, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, annual Skeptics Night with special guest, Mr. John Harrison. So turn on, tune in, and find out. Everybody, I hope that this radio show opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I will see you on Friday, April 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time with special guest John Harrison for Skeptics Night. Take care, everybody. Good night.